0: Hey everyone and welcome to the show. I'm Mike and I'm Marty and this is two guys, a league and some guests. Let's get it started.
1: Let's (laughs) do this in cold where we don't go over. Oh, okay.
0: Let's
1: let's see where that takes us. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a adventure. It. It's not. Yeah, it's, I love something, it. It. it's something. So the first thing we're going to do then is we're going to write it to check your Fading, which I want to talk about the trade first. Okay, okay yeah, go I'll, ahead, man. I think, the, I think that was a bit of a... I feel like I, I'm completely thrown by what Joel decided. So, so for our, our listeners, the trade is for... So the apocalypse get uh, Klinberg, who's got no goals, seven assists in 15 games, and Victor Arvidsson, four goals, four assists, eight points in 13 games. Four, and the Cougars get in return Kuznetsov, 27 He's, and red, 21. he's red hot right now, eh, amen? He is red hot right now. Uh, do I, am I, like, what, what's going on with Joel? Why? So I had a look. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm going to have to send him a text at some point saying, why did you do this? So I looked at his team, and I understand his team was pretty, like, this is going to sound stupid, but they, were, they weren't doing very good in terms of defense. Even though his defense is starting four is Riley Weger, uh, sorry, yeah, Wiley Rieger, Um Macar and Carlson. Um, but on his bench, all he had was Ekholm. Uh, Pollock is on the IR, so no help to him there. And I think he actually ended up having to drop Pollock as in order to get this trade through. So basically, on his bench, he's got Klindberg and um, and Ekholm, which I understand. Just Ekholm isn't enough. That's no good. Ekholm and, and, um, and, uh, wow, Klinberg are at least something, but I'm sorry. This is, this seems very one-sided as far as a trade is concerned. Am I wrong?
0: Well, I know that uh, with point being out four to six weeks, I know that that's definitely probably a little bit of a Genesis in regards to Ryan's side of things. Um, As for Joel, I think, I mean, if I'm looking at it from his point of view, I'm treading water. Uh, it's still early in the season nobody has broken from the pack I mean myself as the division leader probably going to end up being four and three by the end of the night and it looks like well obviously it doesn't look like Joel's going to win he's having a rick ridiculous week uh, over 50 over 50 points already so uh, I, I, I could see where he was just wanting to you know what maybe kind of move on from well, yes, in today's NHL, Kuznetsov is a bit of an older player. Yep. Where everything's gone so young. So, with him being a little bit older, maybe wanting to move on from him, you're getting a nice piece in Klingberg. Okay, it's a kind of a 50 50 with him and Heiskinen at this point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the first game, the first game after the trade, I think Klingberg put up three assists or whatever, or a yep. goal and two assists or whatever it was. True. So, Joel is definitely adding, uh, A couple of nice pieces, especially to compete while he's got all these injuries. So I think that he just wanted to make a move to kind of, and this isn't a trade that he usually does a two for one. Mm -hmm. It's he's not ever usually into those types of trades, but I could see where in this particular instance, he's like, okay, I still have a little bit of firepower that is doing okay. It's again, treading water. Adding these two guys just helps him compete that that much more over the course of these injuries. He starts getting guys back, and I mean, at the end of the day, Kuznetsov, like I say, is a little bit of an older commodity. Yeah. But of course, of course, uh, you know, like I said, red hot right now. So yeah. I mean, def- that's a definitely different- a nice pickup.
1: Joel has had Kuznetsov in the past. And in fact, going into this season, he had him last year. He just didn't protect him and he picked him back up in the draft. So you're right. Older player, serviceable, obviously, but not something in terms of a keeper league. You don't hold on necessarily to a Kuznetsov if if your concept is like a little bit, you've got to stay young. You have to have some younger pieces in a keeper league in order to be relevant for years to come. Because at some point, if you just keep the same core all the time, you know, at some point age catches up and you got to start making some moves to think about the future. So you start gambling on some younger players and you get there. And, it, and I hadn't really considered that before, but Mike, you kind of make a good point in that sense in that uh, with Klimberg, at least it's a younger defenseman that maybe you can lean on and maybe you can end up protecting. But at the very least, it helps it helps the right now and the potential for the future. Now that would suggest that he would want to protect him, even though he's got Carlson, McCarr, Riley and Weger, which are all keepable defensemen. And the more defensemen you keep, the less forward to keep. So it, it you know, it, there's a bigger picture there for sure. So only Joel really knows what he's trying to do with this trade. And maybe I should just give him a show and, uh, and just find out. But,
0: I don't know. I thought I thought it was a bit of a one sided trade that but that's maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, the, the the other nice thing about it too is let's just say for this for argument's sake that you know, things kinda go sour a little bit and he ends up at the bottom of the division and he, he says to himself, Okay, maybe I start selling off some pieces. It's not like Klingberg wouldn't be a commodity that somebody may want to you know spend uh i don't know third fourth rounder depending on what that gm values that player Uh, but it's always something that he can kind of flip down the road and maybe get a pick or whatever down you know towards the trade deadline but it'll be interesting to see how it all works out obviously i'm pretty sure that ryan's happy with Kuznetsov off and Joel continues to be able to contend. And again, with this week and over 50 points, I mean, I think that's a little bit more of what we should expect uh, from that team once things really start to crank up.
1: Yeah, and he's getting that 57 points while still having, check this out, Backstrom, Eichel, Kucherov uh, on the IR. (laughs) So that's that's a a a little scary, you know. It is, and, th- and that's the other thing, too. The standings after this week are going to be extremely interesting. you got to start wondering now at some point because we are, this is, sorry, we're so four, so we're seven, is that seven weeks? We're seven weeks in? After yeah. this, after yeah. today. So A- we're seven after weeks this in, week, Yeah, We're seven weeks in, and quite honestly, of the eight teams, six of those teams are 100% mm-hmm. neck and neck with each other. Nothing is, nobody is breaking from the pack, even Tom. Tom this week is going to lose, breaking him, bringing him down to five and two. Everybody else is four and three, except for Ryan, who will be it's three. So and four, close. But it is ridiculously close. Like this is not an easy season for anybody to win because there's like, like you said, Joel this week, he's got 57 points. I think last week he was one of the teams that actually suffered a little bit and didn't exactly explode into points. I know I was one of them as well. Um, I'm trying to bring that up right now, but of course the internet's a little bit too slip. All right. anyways, <laughs> <laughs> There's been some issues with the internet today, folks. Um, but anyways, I, I, like, it's such a great start to the season where we've really seen a lot of even keels. Like, the difference between goals for uh, within those six teams. The other two teams, like no disrespect to Jason and Scott, but it's clear they're on a rebuild and it's, it's showing in the standings. That being said, Jason's going to beat Tom. The lowest is going to beat the top this week. Um, it's so much parody right now, man. Ah, it's right now. That's actually that will be the key word for this year would be parody. Um, because there's like last week I was complaining how my team decided to go to sleep. And I and at the beginning and I knew I said, like, no, I'm going It uh, looks against- like
0: you woke up, buddy. A little <laughs> looks bit like you
1: woke up. <laughs> yeah. And I was saying, like, I, I think my team um going up against Ryan, like Brian's, I'm gonna lose and it's gonna be ugly. This week I am destroying Ryan. Ryan's team has decided to take a nap and I'm killing him by I'm doubled, I'm more than doubled what he's accumulated in the week. So
0: and even even a team like Tom, like you know, this has got a great record to start the year, five and two, having a tough week. I mean, Jason's a rebuilding team, like you mentioned, but he's got a five-point lead on him, 34-29. And I mean, at the end of the day, with some of the scores that Tom's been putting up over the past few weeks. He's a little bit low this week, too. So
1: Absolutely. For him to go into a Sunday and still be in the 20s is surprising. I don't know that he's necessarily done that this week. Maybe once. Maybe that was his other loss. Um, But, you know, all that aside, Montreal has given us a lot to talk about. I don't know if you want to go straight into oily Habs just to make it easier because this is fresh right now.
0: So let's get if, let's do it. Early yeah, Habs, right off the hop.
1: Yeah, I think we'll do around the play and around th- uh, the league in 30 plays after the early Habs. Okay, so on the fly, That's folks, we're cha- we're changing on the fly just like they do in hockey. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: So uh, she's a good one.
1: Why don't you go ahead with the with the Habs? Because oh boy.
0: Well, I mean, usually I go into some numbers for you, but we'll hold off on that for just a little bit, as everybody knows. There's been some major changes in Montreal with uh, the firing of Mark Bergevin today. So uh, that era ends. I'm sure that Marty is very, very pleased with that.
1: About time.
0: Um, (laughs) At the same time, they're bringing in Jeff Gorton, uh, who is the new executive vice president of operations. So basically a position that Montreal has never really had. I'd have to double check on that, Marty, to make sure if they ever haven't had that as a position. I don't believe so but I'll, uh, I'll check in on that and uh, get back call. to you guys on that. Um, but you know what, uh, Rate. I won't go into it at length, but I will say uh, my initial reaction is n- I'm, I'm quite happy with the moving on from Bergeron. I, nothing against the guy personally. I just think that it was time for a different voice and just something, you know, a, a, a different viewpoint. Uh, what I really want to touch on is Jeff Gordon as uh, executive vice president. Um, I, I don't remember exact, exact details of the particular draft, but I do know that I oversaw a few drafts for the Boston Bruins. Uh, if you do go back and check those drafts out, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were actually quite successful. Um, <clears throat> he had a role in char coming to the Bruins as well uh, back in the day. Uh, and I do believe he was involved in overseeing the Andrew Raycroft for Tukeras, yes, he was a uh, trade. Yep. Uh, so, you know, uh, what I'm getting to here. that plus with the work that he did with the Rangers in regards to rebuilding or retooling, whatever word you want to use uh, for that roster. I'm, I'm, I'm I've got some confidence in this guy that, you know, one, we're going to get a GM in there that, uh, you know, is going to give us a new voice and a new direction the only thing that really kind of bugs me about that and it always will listen i am a bilingual uh, individual and mm-hmm. i understand the importance of the bilingual gm uh in montreal but i just I, i've always hated the fact that they ha- really feel like they have to go that way only because you're limiting your candidates uh in regards to that position won't go into any much more detail than that about it but um Martin, if I could just, if I, yeah, what I'm yeah. going to say is like, and you're right. Like
1: he was responsible for Rask um, and sorry, well, who was the other player you had suggested? Well, he brought char into the Bruins as well. Sure. Okay. So what I found out he was, so he had a hand in Rask, Marchand, Luchik and Kessel. Okay. So that was kind yes. of when Luchik was there and it was, I believe it was Claude Julien who was coaching at the time. They won a cup. Yeah. Um. So yep. it was right around the time where he took over and all that kind of stuff is really gelling. I
0: think it was 2011.
1: It, there you go. I think, I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. And Luchik led that team in points, okay? Which was, I believe, somewhere around 60 in 70 games. It was something like that. So, and I, why why would I mention this? Because you know it, it seems kind of pointless. So he's responsible for Luchik. Big deal. My point is, is that he came in and Marshawn at the time was on the team as well, and he was well below. He was a different player. He was when he was a pest and not really making a whole lot of noise on the score sheets. Um, he at least built uh, something. He built an identity and was able to keep it. And not only that, he was able to be incredibly successful with it in winning a Stanley Cup. So this is exactly the kind of guy you want in. The kind of guy who knows what he's going to go after. He's got a plan. He's going to set it in stone and he's going to see it through. And probably more important than that, he's going to be good at it.
0: It's going to be a good plan. The plan's going to make sense. The the thing that really kind of puts it over the top for me, Marty is listen in New York. At one point he says, okay, like we got to, we have to shift gears here. So he sends out a letter to the fan base saying, you know what? We're going to have a couple of painful year. Like he, he's, he's completely oh, not hiding that. from it. This is in New York. Yeah. In New York. That's <laughs> so that it. That's it. I was just going to say that takes a lot of stones <laughs> to base it to basically say, guys, we're going to have a little bit of pain here for a bit. And he set on that path. And I guess what that confidence that I was talking about in him is he kind of set on that path. And, I mean, look, uh, we can't sit here and say that the Rangers are uh, a juggernaut. But I think we can very safely say that this is a team that is very much headed in the right direction. You've got to pay attention Um, to them at the very least. So, yeah, absolutely headed in that direction. So, I mean, you know, I, I... Aside from going over a couple of quick numbers here, Marty, I'll just say that, you know what, I. good on the organization for making the move. They could have stuck with him till the end of the year, that Bergevin, that is. Yeah. But you know what, I'm, sh- I'm sure to a certain extent, even Bergevin is probably somewhat relieved in regards to the, uh, the dismissal. It, it's a lot. It's a lot in that market. Uh, you know, the You're guys right. from Montreal has a lot of pride in the team. So I'm sure there was a lot weighing on him. As, as a fan of the Canadians, good on him. He, you know, he did, he did do well. Uh, you know, there's a conference final and also a Stanley cup final in his tenure. There are a lot of people that can't say that in their resume. So Absolutely. good on him. I wish him nothing but the best in regards to what his future holds for him. And as a Canadian fan, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, uh, what, gorton at the end of the day is going to build here Um, i yeah
1: and i honestly when i saw that this happened today
0: i was looking for
1: like all right i'm gonna prove why this was such an intelligent move and one of the first things i did was i compiled his record as a gm and then right after that i i stopped in my tracks and i was like shit i think i think i looked at how he did his job the wrong way because he has a 344 265 an 81 record as a GM. It's a 500 winning percentage. I, I mean, it could his, be worse, right? Like, yeah. And he's got like, of those, I think there was only uh, two seasons where he, they didn't go to the playoffs. Now, listen, there's a hundred percent still feel like there was a lot of good timing, uh, some lucky timing on his part yeah. that he was able to capitalize on. But honestly, that like the old expression goes, yeah, sometimes you got to be good to be lucky. Or lucky to be good, whichever one, it all works. And at the end of the day, like great people make their own luck sometimes. And maybe that's Bergeron as well, because when you look at his now, when he started his career, the first three seasons were really exceptionally good seasons. Um, So it almost seems like he inherited something really nice. And then after that, it was successful bombing, successful bombing, successful bombing for the next seven seasons after that where this year you bomb because last year you were successful and that's how it's been after those first three seasons. So there's two, I think there's a Jekyll and Hyde situation going on there. He may, I, I really wish I would have had more time to go further into the, for those first three years and really look at what he inherited and how he started to build his vision for the team. Because I yeah. think what may have happened was that he inherited something nice. I know there was a Thomas Vanek trade, In er, early on in his career that really helped keep the team not just afloat but successful in the playoffs and and that was part of the first three seasons but after that then there was a Shea Weber for PK Subban trade which a lot of people were kind of against and I actually remember hearing about the trade and I was like oh this is actually a really good trade for Montreal but people were like ah he's too old what'd you do you and then PK like at the time too was doing really well but anyways all that being said is I think what happened was like he he got successful at the beginning, inheriting something, but then he kind of coaxed and, and and sort of rode the coattails of like Carey Price and 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 did some minor pieces here and there just to keep things going and and moving in one direction, which was good for some seasons and then for one season and then the very next season like just a complete tank and
0: bomb. Well, I mean, it, it goes back to the discussion we had in regards to Carey Price on the program before, doesn't it, Marty? I mean, you got Carey Price and nets don't that there's this... There's this compelling feeling to continue to push for it, you know what I mean, yeah, and not have this kind of either retool, rebuild, uh, restock whatever re you want to use. <laughs> um, you, you know it, so I, I mean it, there is that kind of constant pressure of having a winning uh, team all the time and yeah. and look, it's just it's not the way it goes anymore, uh, yeah, you know with through drafting and proper drafting, you can continue along. Uh, a long go of, of playoff success, but a lot of teams go through those ups and downs and for sure, Montreal is going to be Montreal's going to be part of that for sure. Yep, uh, It'll be interesting to see how, uh, how they decide to, to, to shape the team from here, because I really feel like you're in a bit of a mushy middle in regards to contracts and where you can go yeah. and what you want to do.
1: Yeah, you're right. And honestly, like I, like I know this isn't me jumping on the bandwagon at all. Like I'm not, I'm not all of a sudden going to be a, a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, but I'm very interested in seeing what does this mean? Because like you and I talked before can't, and I believe some people are, and actually this one of our listeners, Rob um, pointed out to me a while ago. And it's true. Like it's very difficult to go through a rebuild in Montreal, if not impossible, because the fans won't allow it. So I don't know what Gordon intends on doing when he comes in, if it's a rebuild because <clears throat> he's inheriting a team that doesn't have an identity. And we've seen from his past experiences that he—that's what he likes to create. Which is, the, it's not that he likes to create; is that that's the right thing to do. You need to create yeah. an identity. Something needs to make sense. There needs to be a cohesiveness. So there's a way to do it where you—it's funny because I keep thinking about. Well, this is kind of like what we do in our fantasy hockey leagues. It's how each GM kind of creates their own team. Like this year, I decided to to go heavy on the forwards. With a, lot of guys, with a lot of guys that are about five years away from retirement, <laughs> not from primes or anything like that, but five years away from retirement, where a lot <laughs> of these guys could get injured and call it a career. So I'm, I'm pushing the envelope a little bit. I'm kind of testing it out and, and seeing how it goes, but so far, so good. So that's a, a, what I'm getting at is that there's a method that um, this guy, Gordon, can actually do where instead of a rebuild with a bunch of young core, There's a rebuild that you can do where you do like what I'm doing. You go out and you get a lot of still 100%. Like imagine if he was to go, I'm just saying this spitballing. Imagine he was to go out players like Kuznetsov and and Stamkos and Crosby. Like these players aren't coming to Montreal. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that these players are within that five-year stretch, still extremely serviceable, very talented, still very good within the top 20 of the league, if not some of them top 10. And you can build a, a young core around that and, and get yourself in the playoffs for the next couple of years. It's funny, like I might sound like a hypocrite because it may have been what I was against May doing all along. But May didn't necessarily do that. He went out and got Thomas Vanix while he had other pieces that made sense. And I don't know. I think there's a way for this guy to do something because I, if it's true that you can't do a rebuild, then that's the only other avenue in my mind.
0: I mean, for me, it's rebuild or bust. I mean, okay. I think you got to really revamp it a little bit. I'm. Mean, are, are there pieces that you're going to be able to keep throughout? Of course, I mean, go you know, going over the roster, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna take a really hard look at that. But at the end of the day, for me, I just I think you're in too um, too much of a situation where, you know, you can't sit there and say Montreal's top five in the league. Right now, they're definitely closer to the d- bottom five. And I, as a matter of fact, I believe they are are bottom five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to me, the writing is on the wall. And you've got pieces that you can utilize to get other assets. Uh, how difficult some of those contracts and players will be to move mm-hmm. will uh, are yet to be seen. But uh, It might I be a tough pill that, to
1: swallow, but you're right. Yeah,
0: Maybe that's what you do I for think- now. I think they got to move on and I got to, I think they got to rebuild this roster. I have a funny feeling that's why Gorton's there, but you know what? Funnier things have happened. We'll, we'll see how <laughs> things, how things play out in Montreal. And I, I think I mean, they if, don't even have a without a GM right now. I mean, you still have to, you still have to get some things into place here before the mm-hmm. identity really starts to take shape. So,
1: yeah. And I think, I, I think it would be very telling to see what happens with the, this team. If for whatever reason, they come out and they start doing the same stuff that Bergeron was doing. Then then you know that, okay, well, this isn't necessarily a GM thing. This is an ownership thing at that point where they're, they're telling them, no, you can't rebuild. You can't. You got to find a way to win and it's got to be different. And you got to just figure it out. Like, we don't know what the, what the formula is. That's up for you. That's why you're hired. That's why you're the GM. Too bad. Figure it out. And if that's the case, and at that point, you know what? I'm going to give praise where praise is due. G, uh, would deserve... I would flip my script on what I've been saying about Bergevin for years.
0: Well, I mean, with, with the, the news today, at the very least, uh, you're quelling the fan base in regards to making some sort of move or making some sort of change. I mean, this is the worst, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I read a stat that was, this is the worst 20 or 21, 22 game stretch uh, to start a season in their, in their entire uh, uh, history, 111 year history. So it's a case where, you know what, something needed to happen. Uh, yeah. Something has happened. You know, uh, as with every other team in the league, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Yeah. Some people are going to be indifferent to it. But, I mean, my my viewpoint is definitely they're headed in the right direction with bringing on Gorton. So, yeah, if you're um, going to
1: set records for being the worst of something, make sure you play for a team like Seattle where your history isn't that long. <laughs> if you're going to be the worst at something and you're the oldest team in the league, that's not good change needs to happen so <laughs> that's uh
0: it's gonna be tough yeah. let me rifle off a couple of numbers here marty like i do every week just really yeah. quick go ahead uh montreal 22 games played five fifteen and 2 for 12 points uh the goals again for and against are is just getting worse guys 48 uh 480 against and the power play and the penalty killing uh, believe it or not, guys, it actually got worse from last week. We're looking at thirteen point <laughs> six for the power play and sixty-eight point seven percent for the penalty kill. So listen, sixty-eight
1: percent um, for penalty kill. We,
0: wow. I may continue to give you these numbers every week. We will see, but I do not want to keep pounding on these guys I don't think because you listen, listen, man, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, thankfully, to lift us all up. <laughs> Marty will be talking about his <laughs> Oilers. And honestly, there there is a
1: there is a small part of me that is starting to feel like people don't want to hear this anymore. Everybody knows the Oilers are great, and that's that. But quite frankly, in this in this last little bit, um, they're not the only Alberta team that catches all of the the the, the spotlight because Calgary is as real as they get right now. I think uh, what Sutter has done uh, in his in this short window. Shows that he is, it was funny too, because when they hired him, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. They're taking a huge step back here. I'm not sure what the angle is here, but he proves that he's just proven again, that he's able to adapt to a new NHL and his system, his system works and and it's, and it's it's just mind boggling what they're doing over there. They set records for shutouts, I believe too, eh? Like recently, like Markstrom and the other guy, I forget his name, but he's a new one. But and, um,
0: and you can just, like, even when you go over the roster, it's got, like, it does have that Daryl Sutter feel. Like there's some yeah. sandpaper in there. Yeah, You know, some guys that like to muck it up, you know, they're not afraid to kind of get things, uh, get things stirred up a little bit. So, True. I mean, he had the right team. I, I think he had the right team to do it. And well it certainly is showing with the results right now i mean i agree I, I i i gotta think that there's some there's gonna be some crossroads here with edmonton and calgary was, at some point in the yeah, playoffs man it's exactly it what was going to it. be as a fan of hockey it is gonna be absolutely incredible to see that man i really hope it happens i'd love to see it happen because you totally have offense you totally have defense Let's see who wins, man. Because it, it is pretty plain and simple. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their ide- their, are, their identities are really simple, so it'll yep. really be interesting to see how that works out. I agree. I think a battle of Alberta is going
1: this year is going to be next level stuff. And it, it, it's almost it's almost a shame that we can't get something. Let these two play against each other all season long, or so, because this would be uh, some Canadian- tremendous hockey. Yeah, the Canadian. be well, the League. Canadian,
0: the, the Canadian division, right? Like last year, yeah, that was the best. Ha- having these like baseball style three games in one city, yeah, like that was that was. You know, cool. nobody's nobody's going anywhere. You like, you know, you can't stand this team. You just <laughs> wanted to get out of town. You got to play them two days later, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, it was it was great for a fans' perspective for sure. It was for sure.
1: But so enough of that stupid team because my Oilers are there. <laughs> There, So I'm, I am i don't have any major issues with what happened in the last week. Uh, so the Orioles, they lost to Dallas, but that's part of the reason that they lost to Dallas, that they ran into them at the wrong time. Because quite frankly, uh, Ottinger is actually doing extremely well for them right now. He's out of the gate. He's played technically four. He started four games for them and he's won all four. And he's just... Lights out right now. So I think the rest of the way for Dallas has got to be Ottinger and and Hopi and just forget about who Bowden or who Dobin, who Dobin, who Dobin or who Bowden. Yep. Okay. No, Um, hey, another podcast, another Marty issue with names, last names. So it's good (laughs) stuff. Uh, But but anyways, but so they lost to Dallas. I didn't really mind it. Like I said, but then they, they continued on and they did exactly what they're supposed to. They beat Arizona five, three. And they beat a good Vegas team playing at a good time too. Like they Vegas has really kind of turned things around and they're, and they're up in their division again, so they're playing really well. But Edmonton showed um, no quit in this game too. And then avoiding 3-2. Dreisaitl just continues to be the best player in the world while McDavid continues to struggle, you know, McDavid-wise. Wise. Like he he, he the, the streak ended at one point, but he picked it right back up the next night with a four-point night. But Dreisaitl had another four-point night himself. So there it's like, it's back and forth. So it shows that this team can at least know that one of those two are completely capable of carrying the load. And the, the, the luxury of having those two players is going to go a long way for them for sure. Because one struggles means that they, they they only get one point every game. Whereas, you know, the other one that continues to do great, he continues to get two or three or four every game. So it's not really a struggle. It's just it's a great problem to have when one person is whatever struggling and the other one can pick it up. But I still need to see the rest of this team pick up the slack. I, the, depth is, the depth is there, but I really thought at this point we, we would see a little bit more evenness from the depth. I'm not seeing the depth being able to come in to a playoff situation and surprise somebody. I see their depth as being very containable. So again, it puts it all on McDavid and Dreisaitl, which are two extremely capable people, but that's, that was never an issue in the past. The issue has always well, been things like depth and their goaltending.
0: And you've got four guys that are over 20 points on one team. Yeah. So you got and McDavid, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and uh, who would be the next one? Is it Hyman? Uh well technically nobody else. Um, Although Hyman, I thought
1: Hyman had more now, but he's I'm um, looking at it right now. He's got 15. Uh, P- Puliarvi's got 16 and 20. It's only three that are over 20 and 20. Um, okay. But you know Darnell Nurse has been hurt a little bit. He's got 11 and 16. Uh, you know Evan Bouchard. He's serviceable defenseman. People really like him. He does his job, but. I for me, the Koskinen biggest
0: had a really good night the other night in Vegas, too. I was going to get to the goalies for sure. But okay, uh, all yours, bud. No, no, yours. It, no, no, no. You're,
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like Koskinen. I was so happy to see him have that kind of a night. Uh, it, meanwhile, Skinner continuing to play exa- like I want that. I want that competition between those two. I want them to really get at each other. I want it to be like uh, you put either one of these guys in and they're, out, they're both
0: in a role. So that was a, that was a nice solidifying game though for Coskin And like that had to be pretty, pretty it, big for his confidence. You know what I mean? Coming in and Skinner was having a little bit of a run here and, mm-hmm. you know, could, could still potentially go on some sort of a run. Who knows? Yep. But that that's got to be pretty big, not only for the player himself, but yeah. pretty uh, a, a confidence booster for the team in front of him as well.
1: Yeah. And I think this, this proves that the, the, they've got the ability or there's, there's the hope at least anyways, from both of these goalies that you can see them really do what you want them to do, which is both of them go at each other, like be that tandem that we don't know who to start because you're both on such a great role. And, and, you know, that's the kind of issue quote-unquote issue that I want this team to have where, you know,
0: we can throw anybody out there and, and it's just, it's actually going to work out pretty good for us. Um, ideally, like, ideally, like most teams, they just want somebody to run with it and then you don't have to go outside of the organization to do anything. you exactly. got it in-house.
1: If you've got goaltending in-house, then that's fine. Then you can start filling in other issues down the road. One thing that I don't think they're going to one issue I don't think they're going to fill, I think, but I think they need to get on them and be like, Yo, what's going on with you? It's Tyson Berry. Um, he actually, uh, since he's left Colorado, he hasn't been the same player. When he was in Colorado, he was putting up double-digit goals every year. So he has not done that since he left. He played in Toronto for a little while, and he's been in Edmonton ever since. And he's not doing much of anything that, to me, um, suggests that he's the player that we signed for. Not, it's, not, it's not a money thing, but the money suggests a certain expectation. And he's not, he's on the first power play. He's on the first line, if not the second. Like you're playing with the best. You're left wanting more. Absolutely.
0: You're left left wanting more.
1: He's got three goals, 12 points in 20 games, but he's a minus three on top. Something's wrong. That's not okay. The rest of the team, like the top lines, Drysdale, McDavid, Nuge, uh, Pully Arvey. See, and this is where, and, and, Hyman's another one too, though. He's at a minus three as well. But the rest of them, plus eight, plus four, and plus 14. Uh, you know, Bouchard's a plus four. Nurse is a plus four. Like, the issues with the, with the ones that are in the minus, like minus 10, who's that? Ryan Derrick. Ugh. Like, Barry should not be a minus three. You're on the number one power play in the league, scoring at a 40% clip every game. What are you doing at minus three? Is there, an, like, I, I would almost, again, I would, at this point, I don't mean this, but I would hope that there's an injury just so it, there's a logical explanation for it. But he's not giving me what I, what or anybody I would imagine, expected from him, especially not now.
0: Well, I mean, in regards to the minus, I can kind of see where you're coming from, especially with him being on the power play. I mean, I suppose that's balanced out a little bit by the fact that he isn't exactly the most stout defenseman. Uh, in a defensively anyway, right? Like this is right. more a bit of an offensive driver. Yeah. So, but having said that, like, like you're saying, it does leave you wanting more in regards to the production part of it. I mean, if, that, and, and that, to uh, sort of back that up a little bit more, the power play again is at a
1: 40% clip. It's 37.7, but the goals per game are also 3.75. There are goals being scored everywhere on this team. And obviously a big chunk of that is going to come from
0: dry side McDavid. Whom he's playing with. So what's like you going on? I mean, you feel he should be getting a little bit of the splashback. You know what I mean? From, from the power play for sure. Something. So that, I don't know what to me, that doesn't explain. Like, I, I don't know how to
1: explain this, but the, the, his overall numbers on everything, like he's only got six on the power play. I like I don't understand that either. Like it, he's got 42 shots on goal. Maybe he's just not shooting it enough with this, which is a 7.1 percentage, which is reasonable. He's playing 19 minutes a game, also reasonable. Like plenty of time here. But he like this is what his this is where his game has been ever since he left Colorado. Though that's also what I'm getting at is he has not been what he was in Colorado ever since he left. He wasn't. He was basically this in Toronto too. And that's I believe that's because he was so. I guess the, the word I'm trying to think is lackluster in Toronto. It's probably why they
0: didn't have any issues letting him go and letting him walk. Like, okay, no big deal. We're not really losing much. See, I wonder if this is basically what Tyson Barry is now. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if the Colorado days are, they're done. And I mean, even though he's on another offensive juggernaut, you would think that, you know, that would spark things back up to those Colorado days, but I, at the end of the day, maybe, he, maybe this is just, maybe we're all over, Overexpecting or you know overreaching in yeah. regards to what we think he is now maybe this is what he is and he's even though he's on the first power play and, it's and still so not enough so for him because
1: this is basically the player that he's at now so, wow, yeah. so that's right and yeah, when you I play guess, with you the gotta... literal the literal two world's best players and you're you yourself are not capable of having your best seasons while playing with them on even
0: and power play then that's who you, you are. Then I mean, you, you do have to wonder. So, and they do have other options that they seem to be comfortable going with as well. When Nurse is yep. in the lineup, and which is good. I mean, I know for a team. I know that Bro, I know that Broberg has just come up there, and yeah. uh, you know, started started yeah. doing doing some of his things as well. And yeah. you know, they've 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 obviously kept him in the organization and see highly of him as well. So it will be sure, interesting yeah. to see how things play out for Barry, but we may be seeing what he is for the foreseeable future time to retire Barry um (laughs) no uh
1: moving on let's let's go to around the plays around the league in 30 plays just because another hot topic that I definitely (laughs) want to get your take on um Brendan Lemire Brendan Lemire biting Kachuk now well go I'm going to give you the floor on this first because I have got some strong feelings about
0: this shocking go ahead okay so play plain and simple this is a five gamer and 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 that's without even thinking about it it could be more it certainly wouldn't be Mm -hmm. less Mm -hmm. and 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 for me it's just to get it out of the league marty end of story like finish this off and if you feel if the league feels it's a 10 game give them 10 whatever absolutely but this has to end i mean biting guys come on (laughs) like i understand you know, and and I'll never be in that fight. I've never played in the NHL. So I don't know how high that intensity can be, but biting though, like, come on. So, so for me, Marty, it's a five gamer for me, Marty, without even thinking about it.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's what the insinuation is with the in-person meeting, be it over zoom or not, that is what's going to happen. I would imagine by the time this episode airs, that there's a decision made. So uh, we'll, we'll, it'll be obvious at that point, but what i am going to say about it so there's a couple things i want to say his father did the same thing um he he i forget exactly the guy's name that he who's handy bit i believe he played for san jose at the time but maybe not anyways it doesn't matter uh, so it runs in the family for one um for two when i when i saw it and there was a tweet that that got me going on it and i had actually posted it out like cuz someone had said you know, should, what should be the, the, the And I had suggested something along the lines of expulsion should be considered. Um, and at the time that was an emotional response on my part, because where I was going with that was people who bite or sorry, biting should be reserved for animals and children. That's that, that's where biting fits, um, extreme self-defense moment. Absolutely. You're walking down a dark alley. Someone jumps you, whatever, fine bite. That's take reasonable expectations out of this. And that's not the conversation we're having there. This was a hockey game, two grown men getting into a fight and he bites him. So one person had also said on this thread that, and I think he was joking because his picture was a clown. So it suggests he's a clown, right? <laughs> um, he said, well, I, you know, he put his hand in my mouth. So what am I supposed to do? I'd like to see you try and not bite it. And regardless of if he was joking or not, there's a case there. Uh, and it sort of took me aback by it. Like, oh, that's a good point. What if Kachuk was shoving his hand in his mouth and pushing on him? What would you do? In in the middle of that scrum, what would you do? And I had to stop and be like, you know what? If someone did that, I probably would. My first reaction probably think about would be a bite. I think about it for sure. Like without, I, I, It would at least cross your without mind hesitation. That Oh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, yeah there's a hand in my mouth and he's pushing in the opposite direction, right? He's trying to basically push you yeah. up with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to bite. Cause that probably hurts a hell of a lot. So I'll, I will give him the exp. I will retract the, okay. Expulsion concept out of it completely, but at no point has Lemieux come out and said that he put his hand in my mouth and, and, you know, this is why I did it. So, For now, that would be the best thing for him to say if that's what happened, but he has not said that. So I think it's pretty safe to say that that is not what happened. But it at least pulled me out of that emotion for a moment and go, you know what, everyone's allowed to make a mistake. And we can move on from this. But at the very least, I still hold true that biting is reserved for animals and children. You can't have two grown men. Going into a scrum and one of them deciding to bite the other—that is absolutely absurd. Did he not? I, I when I first saw it, I even thought, did he not bite his ear too? Did he not go all Mike Tyson on him, or was it just the hand?
0: It, it, I mean, to me, it looked like just the hands and okay. stuff. But uh, you may you may have seen a different replay than me, perhaps.
1: It, it, it does. At the very least, the hand is the focus of of all the talk yeah. about it. So it's at least that. So, anyways, yeah. um, so yeah, I don't. If it's less than five, I'll be very disappointed. It's definitely the wrong message to be sent. And if 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 and if, and if Kachuk is right about more than... I don't know if you read his comments about it in the interview where he was saying he's actually hated by everybody in the league, including his own teammates. Nobody wants him in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, that
0: kind of stuck out to me, too. That yeah. stuck out to me, too. That one line there where he, he mentioned his own teammates, blah, blah, blah. And I'm and like, Ooh, I'll be honest. I don't honest, know if there's something to that. I didn't realize he was in the league. Okay,
1: But did you realize actually uh, Lemieux. did you realize how long
0: he's been in the league for? I, th- I mean, I know if I'm not mistaken, he got drafted by the Rangers, I want to say. So he was drafted by Buffalo. Uh, oh, okay.
1: But he didn't play for Buffalo. He There it was obviously a trade at one point. He came into the league with the Winnipeg Jets for two seasons back in 1718. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six. This is the seventh season in the league. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I see these these kinds of things. Like he didn't play anywhere else. At least it's not showing that on Hockey DB. By the way, thank you very much, Hockey DB. I always go to you for everything. Great website. Feel free to sponsor us. Um, <laughs> Winnipeg. So you know, nine games, forty-four games, nineteen games, fifty-nine games, bouncing all over the place. But no indication here that he's bouncing between AHL and this and and the NHL. So that tells me that he's a healthy scratch most of the time, and he's being kept around. So, as an example, first season, nine games, 21 penalty minutes. Second season, 44 games,
0: 64 penalty minutes. Keep going. We know what he is. That's what I'm getting at. We certainly know what he is. He's kind of a pest, and he's... Just there to kind of be a little bit of a shit disturber more than anything else. He's, so. yeah, he's the
1: poor man's uh Marshall. In fact, I no, screw that. Not I, Re-
0: really, no, really poor man's <laughs> Yeah.
1: So sorry, Brad Marchand. He's actually the this guy is actually the poor man Sean Avery. That's where I'm gonna go with this. Oh um, and I'm serious. <laughs> nice. Sean Avery at least had some skill. Um and, oh, yeah. I, will, yeah. and I will and agreed. I will agreed. Give it to Sean Avery. That moved he pulled on Brodeur. That was just I, fun. I would never do it. I would never condone it. But kudos Football. to you. You got yeah. a he got a, a rule created because of that. Good for you. You get a rule created out of you. Good for There's you. Your
0: Fifteen minutes, buddy. You've There's done your something. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, what I'm getting at is, with this kid, he's obviously this is all he's supposed to be. He's he's worse than his father, and quite frankly, his father at least had some skill. He had, Claude Lemieux had some um, high gold scoring years. I believe at one point he came close to, he flirted with 40 at one point. So like, at least he was more than just that despicable player that you hated. Yeah. He had some skill for sure. This guy, no skill. And if, if he, if if this is the kind of person he is and Kachuk is right. This is why I went to expulsion. This is why I went so quickly there. After seeing that, I went and checked out his stats and I put two and two together. And I realized you're, being paid to bite people at this point—that's what it looks like. You're being paid to bite people, and I've got zero respect for someone like you. And you're—you're you're a problem in the dressing room too with your own players. So I—I
0: I don't know. Does the hockey still have place for players like this? I don't know, man. Like where there's smoke, there's fire, you know. And that, again, that little—that that little ditty that he that he said about of his about his own teammates. There's uh, something there, man. I, I I get I get the feeling that there's something there, but we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out for him personally. Yeah. Um, I mean he's getting at least five games, so at I least mean, five I'm, games. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy there, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know if we want to spend too much more time on this. No, uh, I was gonna I was,
1: no, I was gonna trans I was gonna segue into uh, the Sens um as, oh, as, yeah. as a as a team. Like I there's a plucky little team that could right now. It's funny too because I've never been a huge Ottawa Senators fan. I would love for them to win things and all that kind of stuff and it's great and it's exciting to live in a city that has that kind of energy. That's always good. But I've never been like a oh, Ottawa Senators diehard, not at all. Obviously, my team is the Oilers. I think that's no secret and for for good reason. <laughs> but this team, I don't know, I they've got me cheering for them pretty hard
0: this year, harder than any other year. Oh, I I like I'm going to be honest with you, I like them too. Um I mean the little bit that I wrote down here for them is Ottawa. Should they stay the course? Me personally, I stay the course. Huge. hundred percent. I, I really, I really do. And you want to know what I think really set this path on. Okay. I want to word this properly here. When, when the season first started, uh, Pierre Dorian came out and said these words, the rebuild is over to me, right. To, to me, You just really, really put a lot of pressure on your club because in my opinion, that rebuild is, you know, you're, you're definitely on the right path. You're going, you're going the right way, but it is not over, not by a long shot. These guys still have a lot of developing to do. I mean... The gold, but I is think, absolute see, but that's I think I, I think you're misinterpreting what he said, what he said. And I did, and
1: I'm guilty of doing the same thing when he came out and said that. I was like, oh, way to go, you've just like really screwed this team over with pressure now. But I think, and I'm hoping what he did was he talked to them before and he explained to them, like, listen, I'm going to say this but it's i I'm not putting pressure on you guys. I want you all to understand that you guys are all here for the long haul. Now, this is the team get comfortable with each other. You got seven years together. Now, this is, this is what I'm telling you. You guys are going to grow together. Some of you are going to leave. Maybe if you don't, you know, if you don't do the right thing, like Matt Murray, he's gone, which is that's Matt Murray. shouldn't be a goalie, but anyways, uh, this team (laughs) is well put together. They've got a great coach. I love DJ. He, I think he's going to do wonders with this team. And as this team starts to figure themselves out, personally, individually, and as a team as a whole, this team is going to be dangerous. They need to. They need that final goalie situation figured out, and, th- and they'll get there. And they've got some good pieces there, and there's still other ways to get there. But I think what he meant was this team. I'm not rebuilding this team anymore. That's why the long contracts for Batherson and Kachuk, uh, Shabbat, I think is still in a long contract as well the core of this team Stultz uh, is still that's still entry-level contract. Is it not? Or did they re-sign stilts as well? Uh, entry-level still. Still. Okay. So like, and they will, he, he's going to have to. And I think that's oh, what yeah. that promise oh, yeah. was all about. And there's no way Stacey is not getting a longer contract with this team. It just, it's the only, it's the only thing that really makes any sense there. And so like, listen to that core as they get older and, and start hitting their primes. Oh boy. Like that is exciting. I, and I know I shit on Kachuk's Kachuk K- Kachuk's Kachuk's contract at the beginning and it again this is not about him as the player and as great as and as important as he is to this team it was never that and I said it then and I'm saying it again now what it is is that it doesn't the value for it will set certain fans expectations too high in terms of overall production he's not going to be and i know a lot of people and i'm saying this because i saw a lot of people say he's going to be our leader in points and goals he's not he's not going to be drake batherson's going to be yeah batherson for sure he's your all-star he's your you know every every team needs a a mcdavid or a gretzky or whatever batherson will be that for you um kachuk's going to be your heart and soul He's going to be in every corner, in everybody's faces, you know, getting people to bite him, um, stuff like that. He's going to be your captain and lead that direction. And he's, he's going to put up great points. It's going to be very understandable for him to get that, but the extra, sort of the way you value points and what he's making every year, that extra gap in between will be filled in with heart and soul. He's still going to be a very high point producer, but I'm thinking more like 25 goals, 30 assists, 55 to 60 every year. But you know, maybe he's getting those extra goals at that time where you really need it. And that's, that's your heart and soul. And that's Kachuk for you.
0: Well, in, I mean, in regards to Dorio, going back to your point, if he said that to them in the dressing room and they kept any, and he kept that internal yeah. that way, I'm just wondering if maybe he should have kept that away from the public. So, i.e., you can go ahead and tell the team that. That's true. I, I'm just wondering if that doesn't kind of set a, a, a too much of an expectation, whether that was in the dressing room or yeah. to the public. You know That's what I mean? good point. But, but, but having, having said all of that, though, mm-hmm. when you can sit there and you can start rhyming off some names like Philip Gustafson, <laughs> you know, this kid's coming up and playing in nets for them, uh, especially with Murray uh, being put on, uh, on waivers. Uh, This guy's going to take over as at least a backup hope. I mean, I would actually hope that he starts to run with it in regards to the starters gig. Yep. Um, You got so's so's guard is in the minors. Won't I won't say too much on him other than, you know, solid, solid gold tender, gold tender. He's six, six, seven, two Oh one. So covers a lot of the net. I I, I don't know. too too much about him but he's got some decent numbers in the minors six he's uh six and three and a 913 save percentage the uh goals against average is a little high but it's the ahl right so 2. AHL. 2.70 yeah um the only other thing i wanted to mention is again rhyming off names kachuk norris batherson stutzel shabbat Formanton, pinto you got jake sanderson coming up uh on defense so you just need some patience. That's it. Give this give this team some more time to mature. I mean, this is the best league in the world. Mm-hmm. So you and I a great and I'll be honest. The players. This league
1: is not the same type of league it was five years ago. And I'm telling you this right now. You don't need as much patience as you've needed in the past with younger players. Younger players run this team or run this league now. It, the veterans are mm-hmm. the ones that have to sort of adapt around these kids. These kids have. This is a kid's league now where speed, um, creativity, electrifying moments, that whatever young word. I, none of these are young words because I'm not young, but <laughs> th- this is a younger man's game now where if you if you don't have the speed, if you don't have young legs that can keep up, then you better work on it to make sure your old legs are keeping up with the young ones, because that's what's running this game. They got rid of the red line and that was the starting of that transition.
0: Now it's full blown. If you're old and you can't keep up, you're done. You're gone. I mean, like you're saying, it doesn't take as much patience as it has because they're giving these kids these opportunities. Mm-hmm. You and I could be sitting here two two years from now and completely talking about a different story. Yep. Not all the hardships that they've been going through with COVID, uh, oh, just yeah. the team trying to mature. Potential expectations being too high, whatever the case may be, we could be talking about something completely different here in two years. And, like you say, the turnaround can come around pretty quick. Yeah. And let's face it, with some of these guys, we're seeing it right now. I mean, Kachuk himself, Norris, Batherson, you know, you're starting to see those flashes yeah. a little bit with uh, Stutzla. Oh, so, yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of being patient with these guys yeah. and yes, staying the course. I, I really, 100%. And, and you know, they made, and they made some good moves here with Murray and whether that's yep. to get him down there and get his game going or not, just even if he stays there and they move on from him completely, you're giving opportunity to younger players. So I uh, fully I agree. Think it's a good move.
1: Absolutely. And I do feel like what they should do now is run with as their young core of, of goalies, give them as many opportunities as they can um, let them ride out a, a nasty stretch. I don't care. No one's expecting you to make the playoffs this year. It's not going to happen, and that's fine. Let all of this be a learning lesson. Let them all just figure out their games. Let them try different concepts and different things, and, and let's get creative with the season. Let's have some fun with it, and it's okay. Next year, I honestly feel that next year, yeah, there's a strong chance that this team is in the playoffs next year. Eighth, maybe even seventh seed. I don't – and I don't know how much – how. We're going to be like, there's going to be some surprises with this team, but I don't know how much longer that's going to be a surprise where we should just start expecting it because like all that list of players you just mentioned, those are great. That's a lot of talent there. And I I honestly feel that they didn't have the COVID that they went through this year.
0: We'd be talking about a different team right now. Um, well, that, they certainly wouldn't be where they are. That's for sure. No, Marty. I mean, yeah. I think we've both kind of felt the same way about how this season played out for them. I don't have numbers in front of me, but I, I do believe they got off to a decent start when I yeah, say that. I mean, I, was. I'm talking about the maybe the th- three to five first games of the season. Yeah. And then they really started to get into this COVID. And this thing kind of, I mean, remember, folks, if I'm not mistaken, they were really the first team that the NHL was really keeping an eye on with that. I yeah. think San Jose, they may have been keeping an eye on that maybe. too, but... I mean, this one really lasted, I want to say, about, what, two, two and a half weeks? At least that week and a half to two weeks anyway. So it's a long stretch they, for they, sure.
1: And it, it, it ends, yeah. that's the kind of thing that you don't just necessarily roll over and get over. Because actually, even when they mm-hmm. came out of it, Bathurston was still stuck in COVID protocol. Still is. He still is. And see, and that's what I mean. Like, again, no disrespect to anybody else on that team. But in my opinion, with what I've seen this year, Bathurston is... Who he's a special player, uh, and to ha- yeah. not have that on your team right now—that's the difference between winning a game and losing a game for a team like this. And, it, and I'm going to tell you this right now: the first game they came back, which was against—it was either was it Colorado or Winnipeg?
0: Colorado. Yeah, it was Colorado. Colorado on Monday. And it went—they yeah. went,
1: you know, tooth for tooth. It was at seven five, something like that. It was crazy. It's yeah, they so kind of—they
0: kind of went at him pretty good. Like, I mean, it, I think Colorado had a pretty good handle on the game overall. But yes, I mean, but Ottawa was kind of, was giving I, them a little bit of fits here and there.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, they, they like, it didn't, it didn't necessarily start out that way. It wasn't like, they, they looked like they were going to get blown out.
0: But then they came
1: back and they fought yeah. hard and there was no quit there. And it's, it was kind of like the concept I've talked before where, you know, like play like as if you've got nothing to lose because honestly, this team's got nothing, you've got nothing to lose. No one's expecting you to do anything. So just go out, try things and be, and have some fun. And look what happens when you play when you've got nothing to lose. Look at these teams like Anaheim, who's actually turned that into a you know a playoff season now at this point now because they yeah. went into this year with
0: nothing to lose. Well, I mean, in short, Ottawa, I I, I think you just enjoy the ride, enjoy some of these special moments you're going to get from some of these special players for the rest of this year. Play loose. I mean, they've got it. They've got a great stable of young talent in in that team. Again, it's just a matter of a little bit of patience, yeah. a little bit of maturity. You know, hopefully one of these goaltenders can hit a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe you go and get yourself a little bit of a veteran as a backup, an older guy, something to that effect. And, you know, you start making that move up the standings. But I mean, at the at, to me, it's definitely it, they're in a good spot. I just think that they had a little bit of tough luck here to start the year
1: um a couple other things i just want to, like one other thing i want to touch on and then we can move on to our um beauties and the beasts. um <laughs> what do you think about all this friggin hype for jerseys like oh
0: i'm so uh, glad you touched on it buddy uh, i'm so
1: glad you touched on it
0: God. i got one word for you yeah i have one word for you in regards to the canadian in okay. regards to the u.s jersey okay. and in regards to the new jersey devil's jersey okay oh, one oh, word man. yeah one word Woof. Oh, my <laughs> God, man. Some of what those jerseys the? look as good as a dog's breakfast. Oh, buddy. my God. Oh my like, God.
1: I, I don't. So the jersey one, uh, you know, wow. either half or full design by Marty Bordeaux. Dude, stay in nets. You're not a designer. What I, the hell are you oof. doing? Oh, my God. And I love that I don't know, man. I love that everyone picked on it because it's like it says jersey on a jersey. So then now they're releasing uh-huh. hats that say hat and t-shirts say T like I honestly I, I love how that kind of exploded into that. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely gonna get a hat that says hat because that's I love that yeah. idea. Um, but listen, from um from a colors perspective, I didn't mind it necessarily, and I didn't mind that they wanted to call it they just wanted to put jersey on the front because they wanted to um, uh, remind people that we're playing for the was it the tri area or whatever it is, and for Jersey. That, that's fine. It's just the the execution, the end result of it all, really just missed the mark. And from a PR's perspective, people were just
0: all over this. Like this thing just did not work out. I mean, in in regard, listen, the 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 New Jersey Devils jersey. I, I I'm sorry. Okay, I like the black. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You get you got it. I mean. I, I would have just put their their regular logo on top of that black jersey. I would have thought exactly. that, that made, you know a l- little bit of the red. I mean, yeah. you could even try it. You could you could even try it with the uh, the old logo where you have that That's little, tint of, green, the the little of tint of green. The hint of green. Absolutely. In there. So, but keeping it black, you know, whatever. As for the Canadian jersey, <laughs> Marty, I think I speak for us both in regards to this. We have seen thousands of better jerseys in that man Uh, like i don't i i just don't know about that at all and as for the u.s ah man uh, i really kind of felt the same way i felt the same way about the canadian and u.s i really i i didn't think it hit the mark at all
1: the u.s when i honest to god it is so boring i i barely have an opinion on it because it's it's just so it's so not american i or maybe it is because all it says is usa on the front and that's all they really care about but Honestly, there was just, there was nothing about it that did anything. Someone had said that it was very close to the Sweden one and I thought, okay, that's fine, but whatever, it it doesn't matter. It was very boring. So it it got nothing for me. I I, I honestly, and I feel like that's what the team's going to be like to me. There's a representation there. I think that actually matches the team that it's going to be. Yeah. You've got some, a couple of names and like USA, you got a couple of names. You'll have three players that are going to be. Yeah, we should watch these three players. The rest of the team, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And if that's twice now. I've told, I've said that I don't believe in this team, and watch they'll make an ass out of me. Well, but sorry, but I, I mean the, ca- the Canadian. Oh, league, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just going to say someone had pointed out that the Canadian. Yeah, league, I know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> looks like the
0: the turkey's butt.
1: <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs>
0: It looks like the little pucker. Yeah, it, it, it looks leaf- like a bit of a pucker <laughs> there, guys. I mean, uh, you know, uh,
1: oh, I, well, suffice it
0: to say, Marty, they they really missed the mark in regards to these jerseys that the, they started. Like, uh, you it's know. frustrating.
1: The rest of it is fine. It's just the leaf concept. Like, how did nobody see that as I the don't know, pucker? Man. It's, it's a hundred percent. It's just a little brown star and that's what we got to go on right now. And it's, right. you didn't need well, to change the
0: leaf. The leaf was fine. Leave the leaf alone. There were so, we, we have had so many better jerseys with yes. some of these Olympics, these recent Olympics that I, I just, we could have really, really done better.
1: Yep. That's uh, all I'm going to say. That's a, a swing and a miss for sure. And uh, yeah, let's just move on. All right. So let's go into our views in the beast then. We're gonna end the show at some point. This is a long one. Holy boy. Where are we That's at? So long. Hey, no, hey real quick,
0: folks. Real quick, Marty. I just wanted to mention Evander Kane on waivers. That will be interesting to oh, see wow. what happens. Nice. I, I heard I heard rumors of a potential trade in the works, but absolutely no word on what team, what's going on with the wow, deal. Wow, no it way. It's just a rumor that there's a potential deal. Evander Kane on waivers. So it looks like the Sharks want to move on from him we'll see what happens don't want to take up too much more time no, but hey, thanks let, for that let, let's see That's how huge. this plays
1: out for sure absolutely okay so i'll i'll uh, i'll get her going with the beauties um okay. and and uh again trying not to take too much of people's time here but uh it's if you're listening it means you like our show so thank you um <laughs> tage thompson from buffalo Ooh,
0: have you nice. seen the size of this guy uh, yes, I have. And Ooh. he is massive.
1: <laughs> he is. And there was a, he, he got a one-timer goal the other night too. And oh my goodness, he's got a shot. So five goals, one assist, in five games played 16 shots on goal, six hits and a block shot. He is massive. Like I already said. And, uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's okay. So check, uh, check Buffalo's Twitter. They, I know a, what you're talking yeah. about too. They had the picture of rob may uh, interviewing him i I think it it's is, twice his size man but it, i is it photoshopped i think
0: it's for it's not rob may's big i don't too, know right but it, <laughs> i i don't know i i really thought it was personally, but yeah i mean. I'm not he sure. He looks like a garden he,
1: gnome next to him. That's the thing. Robbie I mean, is a big boy, but nothing compared to Tate Thompson.
0: Oh man. He's he's six seven, two eighteen. Yeah. So big man. He's that a big man. Huge. And then it puts <laughs> skates on him and hockey pads. So I know, seriously. So like he's so over he's seven. Like, what, six nine. Feet. six nine. I was, okay. Okay. Well, I was, six.
1: So what is that? Hockey skates about four inches. So yeah, you're I'd right. Say, he's probably
0: pushing seven. Yeah, he's I'd say probably he's, pushing seven.
1: And then he's got the shoulder pads and everything on top of that. Like Oh boy, that's scary. And watch
0: that's him play, though. That's a big though. man. That's a. I remember yeah, actually playing well, very well.
1: I remember playing, and I, I'm not trying to say Tage Thompson and Ryan are the same types of hockey players, but I played with Ryan and Chris, two guys. Ryan's in our in our hockey pool, and Chris is a friend of ours. And I played in a hockey league with them. And these guys, both of them, are massive, massive human beings, but they move so like silk on the ice. And that's exactly what Tage does. You watch him skate around, and he's like he is a gifted athlete so watch out for him because i think he's coming up pretty fast um i'm going to end with three colorado teams or players sorry uh nazim kadri yep. kal Makar. uh the last one i'm going to reserve he's he's the beast but nazim kadri has just put himself right in the mix of the top 5 like holy jeez what a tear he's gone on um
0: dude's I mean, with put Ma- in- with mckinnon out he's been he's been red hot
1: and see and this is the kind of thing i i talked about that with uh with uh, Sidney Crosby coming back and the Pittsburgh Penguins trying to adjust to him coming back because the, with the Penguins and what they were doing, the, the team was finding an identity that was maybe different because they didn't have Malcolm or uh, Crosby at the time. So they were, they were not just staying afloat, but they were in the thick of things in a very difficult division, the Metropolitan, but with Crosby back in the mix, it, it really kind of throws all that, um, into, into question like, well, what type, ta- what type of team are we now? Cause now we got Crosby, we kind of have to cater to his skill because he's so talented you, you, you can't ignore that. So you kind of got to change things. And the same thing with McKinnon being out is kind of opened the door to not only Kadri but also Burakovsky who could, they continue to throw in different situations and he continues to thrive. Thankfully, Burakovsky is apparently the kind of player that you could change where he's do where he's playing and who he's playing with. And he continues to just actually do pretty well. He maybe needs a game or two here or there, but he adapts pretty fast. But Kadri, I think, is going to be he, he's going to lose out like he he's not like that he's not like a Burokovsky. I find once Kadri or Kadri gets comfortable in an area, that's kind of where you need to keep him
0: yeah, so i, I, I think, mean there's go ahead. there's a there's a market correction coming for that player I mean yeah, you know twenty twenty seven points in eighteen games
1: yeah that
0: that that's i mean if I'm not mistaken, he's fourth overall in, in yep. uh, league, league scoring if I'm right yeah. Um, I mean he, he's definitely like you said he's taken the opportunity and he's run with it. uh McKin, you know Max out been out for a little while now yeah. and you know it's it, I've never been a huge fan of Kadri yeah, I mean, but yeah. all I will say is, all I will say is this with all of the kind of the, the, the silly stuff that he's been doing over the past couple of years, missing out on, play, on important games and playoffs for both the Leafs and the Avalanche, mm-hmm. I'm happy for him that this is going on for him right now. For sure. Again, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's sustainable. Um, you know, He's definitely going to lose out on some of these prime opportunities whenever McKinnon does get back. Yeah. But you know what? He's run with it. I'm happy for him. He's, he's showing me a little bit that when needed he can be a Brad Marchant light. Like this is a kind of a pest. Yeah. You can put the puck in the net when need be, yeah. but obviously playing with the players that he's been playing with, uh, you know, hell you and me, Marty could line up between <laughs> Brandon and, and Landis Cog and you know, get a, an apple or two. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, all, but all the power to him. And I won't say any more than that. He's been playing well. Yeah. Uh, And
1: and, uh, Cal McCarr is another one who, uh, regardless when McKinnon comes back, and in fact, when McKinnon comes back, he'll just be on a bigger tear. McCarr has got the, the kind of pedigree that he is going to be continuously, he's like a John Carlson every single year. Has the potential of being better than the last. Uh, he has the potential of being over a point a game. Um, he has the potential of being in the top five at the end of the season, and he's an over uh, overall. He's a very well-rounded defenseman. So uh, having him um, playing the way he plays, continuously playing the way he's playing, having Nassim Kadri, uh, you know, sort of exceeding expectations. That's kind of why they've been got. They went on that tear where it was six games, uh, six games in a row. And then I mentioned it. I think I mentioned, I think I texted it to you. I said, Oh, yeah, this team's on a tear. They won six in a row after I said they wouldn't win more than three games once a year. Uh, and then they lost that night.
0: <laughs> so, hey, man, don't, fe- don't feel bad because look at my eyes. really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that prediction's looking a little bit iffy, but I will say, though, real quick, Calgary, OV predictions looking good. That's yes, you're doing good there. I'm
1: doing bad in two of them. My St. Louis and my, my Colorado. So, but uh, St. Louis, man, they're going to be in there. They're going to be in there. They'll do some damage. They will. They will. Um, so I'm, I'm going to end my, my, my bees and the beasts with my beasts as a uh, Darcy Kemper at Colorado, surprisingly, even though they've been winning a bunch of games, he actually is not the reason for it, um, which is good news for Colorado. It means that they can continue to do. Really well, once their goalies kind of figure out what it is they're supposed to be doing. But he hasn't been playing well at all. Uh, so he in the in the last so he's led in five goals against Ottawa, which is a horrible thing to do on its own. Um, but he's had four games in a row of sub 900 save percentage, including um, one sub 800. So his save percentage on average is 835 over the, that stretch you're not going to win games with a goalie like that. And surprisingly Colorado was at least able to win two of those games, uh, the one against Ottawa, where they ended up winning seven, five, um, having to rely on your, on your incredibly potent and capable offense to score seven goals a night, regardless of what team you are not going to happen. Um, so your goalies has got to be better. So that's why I went and put Darcy up
0: there. Hopefully the last time. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean, especially, I, I like Kemper. The only thing I, I guess I have with him is a potential injury. But yep. once they kind of get their, their feet, and the thing of it is too, right, with with these goalies, uh, whenever you come onto a new team, and this is a team that's supposed to, you know, uh, fight for a championship, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on the guy. I mean, yep. and he's, he's trying to learn a new system. So, yep. um, you know, maybe for any of, the, of those folks out in Daily Fantasy, it might be, something that you might want to take a peek at in regards to buy low candidate. That's Who knows? Right. But you got you got to figure with with the, with the pedigree that he has and that yes. team, yeah. you got to figure it's just a matter of time. It's right? just, so, exactly, 100%. A, a, be, a beast for now, but could end up being uh, a beauty down the road. I, honestly, just a blip, probably. Last time oh, I put I him think in so. there, probably. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so I guess uh, we'll go with uh, my beauties for the week. We have uh, Pavel bushnevich out in St. Louis, uh, playing really well on the line with, I believe, Tarasenko and Thomas. uh, 8-8 and for 16 points. He's a plus uh, 8, 17-10 time on ice. So, you know, getting some serious play there. Uh, He's also on, I believe it's the second power play, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I have to double-check that, but I think it's the second one. Uh, Next one up, Tom Wilson. Now this, I, I won't say too much on him, Marty, but I will say this he's that kind of guy that you really forget about in regards to point production. He's got 20 points in 21 games. Now I know a lot of that has to do with Ovi playing on that line and being around those guys, but you just, you tend to, at least I do a little bit anyway, tend to forget about Wilson as a guy, I guess maybe more in the daily fantasy than anything, but he can, be, he can provide you with some good uh, offensive totals as well. At the end of the day, uh, you get points, plus, you get points, you put him in. That's the end of the Like, you, for fans exactly, perspective, that's all ex- that matters. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he's a plus 12, and the guy's playing 19.30 a night. So the guy's pushing 20 minutes. I know. But the first line, wow. and I'm sure he's on one of the – he's on the first line, and he's uh, on one of those power plays. So he's getting the time Man. for sure. Yeah. um yeah i know seriously definitely somebody i'll be keeping a little bit more of an eye on mm-hmm. uh third one in i've got uh mikhail grandlin out in nashville nice. 21 games played 21 points he's got five goals 16 assists uh plus two and another one that kind of surprised me for time on ice he's over 20 minutes 20 over 30. 20 wow yeah man 20 30 time on ice so anyway uh, just something to keep an eye on there yeah. all three guys are definitely someone that you may want to take a look into in any fantasy pool that you're in i i definitely would would be uh leaning towards the daily fantasy he may they, these may be guys that even though they they are producing really well you may be able to get your hands on them um in regards to beasts this week i'll try and keep it short and sweet here marty because i do have two of them um again leaning more towards daily fantasy because something like an hour pool, you would be patient with these players and you'd give them time, but right in a daily fantasy, if you're in any of those out there, guys uh, you may want to try some uh, buy low candidates here in both Matt Barzal and Mark Shifley Barzal's got 17 games Ooh. played four and four for eight points. He's a minus eight and he's uh, he's uh, playing 1738 a night. So, Things are a little stagnant out there on the island. You may want to take a peek there. And in regards to Shifley, I I mean, get out there and try and get your hands on this guy because in my personal opinion, if any window is open right now to buy this guy low, it's right now and it's going to be closing, guys, because this is a player, first line, first power play, playing 21 minutes a night. So if you can go out there and if the manager who owns him right now is just not feeling him, make that move. I really think that that's a solid move to make. Yeah. I think he's a solid player just going through a rough patch and this guy can go off, Marty, you and I both know it, Two, three, four point nights. So if you're, if you guys are out there looking for a little bit of a change, take a look at Barzal and Shifley and uh, see if you can't get these guys as uh, by lows right now. Some and sound advice. That was some sound advice. So, that That's beautiful. Well done. Thanks,
1: Thanks, man. As usual, well done. You do very well with the, the beauties and the beasts. The rest of the as stuff, do you, my friend. Nah, the rest of the stuff, you need some help with,
0: though. <laughs> okay, but well, we'll talk about that off air. and yeah. Uh...
1: Yeah, Maybe it'll make it in our bupa reels, and I won't tell you about it. <laughs> maybe. It just might. It, it just, just might. might. That's it. We're slapping episode five in the butt, saying, get out of here because it's over. That wasn't as catchy as the last
0: week's. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But you know what? It worked. <laughs> uh, thank you everyone out there for listening we thank you guys for taking in the it. first five episodes thank once you once marty gets this edited we can actually set up a top five Tugalag episodes that's <laughs> true that, that's something hey, there hey, you go hey, more content we can we we can do it i don't care what anybody says out there you only got five episodes yeah well guess what we can still do the yeah, top five so there. done that's
1: right that's right it's something <laughs> we're gonna do something and actually, guys, I, just so everybody knows, we are working on some pretty interesting episodes coming up. So uh, if, if you've been enjoying things like the way things have been going lately, um, hold on, because we're, we're about to do at least one, if not two, because the other one, um, there's... Anyways, we got some interesting stuff coming up. I don't want to give anything away, but I we don't want to want, Yeah, We don't want to
0: give yeah. it away. Don't want no. to give it away.
1: But we're we're, we're still working for you. We're still working on things and trying to be creative and different ideas and different concepts and things like that. So we've got some different things coming up. So uh, keep tuning in and, and, and keep showing us the love because we definitely appreciate it. Uh, Germany. I see you out there, Germany. I see you oh, and I appreciate it. Ya. And I love it. I'm gonna learn some German, I promise you. And we're gonna do something special. We're gonna
0: do a German night or something. I don't know, something. Some breadwinds. Here's my German. Here's my German for this week's episode. Be nice. Did I seid did I Seidel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and see, and that, that that is German, right? That's good. Maybe hey, the man. accent was unnecessary. Maybe Listen. that insulted someone. I don't know. <laughs> oh, i hope not because i really don't want
0: to hear about it on twitter but anywho
1: <laughs> no we love the love in the states too virginia california washington i see you guys we see Thank you, you all of you everyone everybody we really appreciate it and uh, like mike said you know episode five uh, it, it's a lot it's been a lot of fun for us and this is not going to stop we've been enjoying this and it's been great so let's, let's just keep it going everyone
0: Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.